You're listening to Ink and Sage, a tiny podcast for writers. Learning to be a better writer by reading and reacting to story openings. My name is Sage. Let's get into the ink. Hi folks, welcome to episode 16. I don't have much to say this time, so we'll get straight into the show in just a moment. However, I do just want to say that there is a tiny little swear word in this episode, so sensitive listeners may prefer to tune out. It is really very minor, but I'll warn you all the same. I am running low on subs again, so if you have a story opening, a first line, first paragraph, or first page that you'd like me to read and react to, please email it to inkandsage.podcast at gmail.com. And now, on with the show. As ever, I'm not an expert. My intention is to be positive and helpful, and my opinions do not reflect the author's worth, as people or as writers. Please ensure adequate sodium intake with this podcast. Sunflowers by Haley Spence Pop-Pop always used to say the Earth wasn't really round. He used to say that Michigan was all there really was. Everyone, according to him, was just floating through space on a mitten-shaped frisbee. He swore up and down that if he drove past the state line, he'd drive right off the edge of the world. He tried once. He loaded his three grandchildren into the truck and took off for the state line. He expected to find Ohio on the other side, the whole state being a lot of flat bullshit but the notion of driving off the side of the world upset his one granddaughter, Maureen, so much that she threw up and they had to turn back. Later he explained that it was just a joke, just something old people said, but he also never got the chance to try again. It was the only thing that Maureen could think of the day he died. She knew that dead meant gone. Seeing him in his casket the day of his funeral was not the first time she'd seen a dead body. There were so many in her nine-year-old memory that it wasn't worth counting. Seeing Pop-Pop in his casket shouldn't have bothered her as much as it did. Pop-Pop looked like one of Grandma's old china dolls, the kind Maureen wasn't allowed to play with. He wore his best Sunday suit, and his box was lined with the shiny material that bounced the yellow around from the daisies and sunflowers Mama had brought from their garden. His glasses were perched on the end of his nose, and Maureen's fingers itched with the urge to pocket them. First off, I want to say that I absolutely adore the conversational tone of this. It's really warm and inviting. It feels like the kind of story you hear people trading when they're sitting on the porch or around the fire. Almost folkloric. I really like the opening paragraph. The first and second sentences are very human, and I immediately have an idea forming of who Pop-Pop is. The third and fourth lines go on to reinforce that idea. Some people might say that the second, third, and fourth sentences are just rewordings of the same sentiment, and that is true to a certain extent, but I think that, in this case, it is done well. It goes to the psychology of the individual and really conveys Pop-Pop's conviction. In the second paragraph, he goes on to test that conviction, and I like that. It's a bit tally, but it works. Show Don't Tell is, I think, one of the most misunderstood pieces of common writing advice. There's this idea that telling is always bad, and showing is always good. 
Now, I'm not saying ignore it completely, but there are times when, for the sake of story length, style, pace or flow, it may well be better to tell than to show. And to my mind, this is one of those places. The author could have taken us on the journey with Pop-Pop and his three grandchildren and showed us Maureen's freak-out moment. And if this were the start of a novel, I would probably recommend that. However, given that it's a short story, we're playing with a reduced word count and need to get to the meat of the story. Pop-Pop's road trip provides context for, but is not itself, the story. We get to the real story starting in the third paragraph. I like the idea of Maureen fixating on this one thing about Pop-Pop. It feels real, because very often that's what happens when someone important to us dies. Our brains can't cope with the enormity of it, so it fixates. When my grandmother passed away, all I could think of was cheese sauce on toast, the chewy mints that she'd been partial to, which, for an obscure reason lost to family law, we always called vitamins, and Sibelius's Finlandia. I like the likening of Pop-Pop in his casket to the china dolls that Maureen can't play with. There's the sense of the dead body, stiff and pale, but also the barrier, the untouchableness of it. I like the contrast that's brought in with the sunflowers and daisies, cheerful and bright against the pallor, and I'm intrigued by Maureen's urge to steal Pop-Pop's glasses. I do have some bits to pick out. Five of the first seven lines start with the pronoun he, when every sentence, or a large number of sentences, start with a pronoun, even if it's not the same pronoun every time, it becomes monotonous and taxing on the reader. So I would advise trying to reword some of those lines so that there's more variety. This is something I'm very guilty of in my own writing. A few minor bits of punctuation that I'd change. I would put a comma after state line in the last line of the first paragraph. I'd ditch the comma after but in the last line of the second paragraph and I'd hyphenate nine-year-old in the third paragraph. All in all, I think this is an interesting opening, very well written, and something that I'm keen to read the rest of. Well done, Haley, and thank you for your submission. That's all for today. If you'd like to submit your story opening, please email inkandsage.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name or pen name and the title of your work. If you'd prefer to remain anonymous, just say so in the email. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. You can also follow at Ink and Sage Pod on Twitter. The theme music is Hackers by Carl Casey of White Bat Audio and is linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and until the next episode, happy writing. <laughs>